Microphone. There we go. Did you just McConaughey? I, you know. No. All right, everybody. So that, Hello, and welcome back to Dallas Geek. Uh, for those of you who are just joining us for the first time, or if it has been a minute, uh, I'm Brad. That's Mike. This is Kyla. Hey. Whatever. And yes, this is the first time all three of us have been in studio. Well, in studio, studio. Uh, <laughs> together since uh, the Great Plague of 2020. We're not so, supposed um, to say the P word, Brad. No, 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 we're not supposed to say the C word. The P word is fine. Uh, I don't think either P word or C word <laughs> is fine, Brad. <laughs> I, I, I mean... Any of them in any context whatsoever. I mean, in some context. <laughs> I, it, I guess it just depends on what kind of relationship you and your partner have. Fair. That, that's that's totally fair. Possibly. Okay. Yeah. Uh, but we can say we can say Wuhan though, right? No. Ooh, uh, no, no. The the W word is definitely uh, off of Google's uh, no list. Sorry. So we're just letting Google run everything now. Yes. Have you have not, you not figured that out? Google and Disney run the world. All right. That's how this works. Go get the muskets. Google <laughs> Google and the mouse. Okay. <laughs> And we don't disrespect oh. either. Oh, no, disrespect never. Google all day long. Never, never, never. Uh, but guys, you can. I'll be over here. That's fine. Guys, thank you so much for joining us, though. We absolutely appreciate it. Um, Very true. If you can't tell from the backdrop that we have going on, um, we are back at Madness Games of Comic in Plano. Yep. Indeed. Plano, Texas. If you couldn't there, figure out from the go. Dallas Geek reference, we're, we're, we're North Texas. Uh, yeah. If you couldn't figure that out, then we got problems. I mean, geography is not really well taught these days <laughs> in public schools. Them so. <laughs> Nothing's taught in public schools. Jesus Christ, look Are at you? the curriculum. Excuse you? That's <laughs> not what I said. Excuse you? You're allowed to smack him. I mean, if anybody is. That would be on record domestic violence. We do those things behind closed doors, Brad. It's true. <laughs> well, you know. Anyway, um... So, yes, we're at Madness Games of Comics in Plano. We absolutely appreciate the uh, wonderful setup to be able to do this. And, you know, um, if you have not checked out Madness, you really should because they're awesome. Uh, they have an amazing selection of games, comics, obviously. Uh, and after their recent uh, rearrangement of the store uh, about, what, a month? Two months ago now? Yeah, Give or take. Like month month yeah. and a half, yeah. Month, month and a half. Uh, it's now about a third collectibles. Yep. Yes. So if you want to see some awesome collectible uh, selections and not just pops, because I know some people kind of misconstrued collectibles and pops as being, you know, only the, the same thing. No, no, and no, no. I was there's just a lot of others. And I was just about to say, like, if you have an addiction to pops like Mike and I do. I mean, there are a lot of pops, but <laughs> yes. you got a lot of other options, too. I don't too. have an addiction. I can um, stop anytime I want. Can you? Sure yep. can. I sure can. How many pre-orders do you have? I've seen the boxes. I mean, I know you've seen the boxes, but... I live with the boxes. <laughs> anyway, who let you out of your box? Me. All right. <laughs> with that, guys, um, yeah, definitely come check them out. You should. Uh, and yeah, no, honestly, though, I, I think my favorite part of the store is the games section. Mm -hmm. It is such a massive selection yes. of games. Um, as you guys cannot see, we are surrounded by nerds as far as the eye can see playing all kinds of tabletop and card games. Yep. Which, I mean, they are, are our people. But, it's true. You know. It's true. It's very true. Uh, but yeah. And when we say games, we're not just referring to like board games. There's also like different tabletop games, including 
like D and D, Call of Cthulhu, and stuff like that too. So, and of course, you got a bunch of different card games, mm-hmm. and I mean, yeah, it. We can't even begin to explain the full selection because it's just that massive, um, and of course, huge miniature section. Yes. So. Oh my gosh, yes. Very that, much so. Pre-painted that, and primed for you too. Uh, or blank, so you can paint them if you would like. That's, that's what primed means. Oh, whatever. <laughs> but, you know, uh, now that I, I think we've done uh, a, a bit of shilling here for this uh, wonderful store, uh, it's well, I mean, some shilling for ourselves. If they're going to let us be here, then we might as well shill for them as much as we can. That's fair. Yeah, are we allowed fair. to say shill? Oh, absolutely. Are we? Yeah. Okay. Uh, but not? now for the absolutely shameless self-promotion. Uh, guys, if you have not already, please do be sure to like and follow us over on Facebook, like and subscribe over on YouTube, it's a and big red button. <laughs> if you have not already, uh, go check us out in audio form uh, for the audio of our live shows, our mm-hmm. interviews, and of course our audio exclusive podcasts that come out every Thursday at noon. They uh, say bad things on those. We most certainly oh, do. Yes, they are definitely not family appropriate, so um, check them out. Is it is it Dallas Geek After Hours? After hours. After hours, yes. <laughs> uh, but, yes. Guys. I mean, that would be appropriate because I'm naked when we record them. Uh, I mean, they can't see it, so I guess they can't prove you wrong. Ugh. And it can't be construed as public indecency. I mean, it is indecent, though. It is not. very indecent. Oh, it's not. Uh, but, yeah, you can check all of that out over at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and Stitcher, because reasons. All of them. Yeah. Pick your poison. So. Never. <laughs> 27. 42? I'm just trying to, like, cut him off right as he's 69. about to talk. 69? <laughs> But we said this was a family-friendly show. It doesn't mean anything unless you make it mean something. Uh, the way you, you giggle is not very mine. Really, I'm not the one giggling over here. I mean, you're the only one that said it out loud. So. Oh, did I do that thing where I say the quiet part out loud again? Often. Sometimes, yes, yeah. often. <laughs> Frequent. Yeah. But... Yes. With that, um, mm. let's go ahead and dive right into the first topic of the show today. Which um, is? I'm oh, sorry, did I steal your chance. thunder a little bit there? Okay. San Diego Comic-Con. And what about it? The fact that DC oh, and Marvel have absolutely said, see ya this year. Yeah. Um, I mean, I can't say I blame them since it's a, yet again another remote show. And I don't think they got a whole lot of attention last year. And this is probably an easy way to be able to cover up the fact that they don't have a lot of promotional material ready right now. No, I would say 100% probably. that's what it is, but to be honest still. with you. Because, I mean, Marvel just had, what, the Disney shareholder meeting where they pretty much laid out everything for Phase yeah. 4. Um, and then they basically said, like, okay, we're done. Bye. Yeah. So what does Marvel exactly bring to the table in a month and a half? Or no, not even. No, God, no. It's this month, isn't it? Yes. Yeah, it's July already. Holy oh my gosh. Shit. Mouth. Yeah, I'm, I'm not. I, I can say that. <laughs> Preferred not. Well, I don't give a damn. Why are you so, like, difficult? Why are you like this? I, I am a product of my environment. Are you? Yes, everybody is. You, you've met his family. I'm sure I adore that they his dropped... family. No, They're I'm saying, amazing. I'm, I'm sure that they 
dropped him on his head at least a couple times. Or not enough. <laughs> no, Heather's younger one, so uh, that didn't happen. Mm. <laughs> he was the um, experimental one. You are the middle. And I'm the only boy. And the only boy. Yep. Mm. Um, no, so I look. I think I think it's a hundred percent a case of what do they bring to the table? Because Marvel showed off, Marvel flopped it out and threw it on the table at the shareholders meeting. So we know what they've got coming. Yep. Warner Brothers can't figure out what the hell they're doing. Well, and no. of course, you know, Warner Brothers just was bought by AT and T, was it? Uh, I believe so. That sounds right. Yeah. So I mean, if it actually goes through, which no. who knows? So yeah, I mean. Even then, though, uh, Warner has never really known what to do with DC. I mean, just... Huh. Huh. Something we're going to talk about here in a little bit. Huh. Look at uh, like, what happened with the uh, Snyderverse back to uh, the, oh the revised non-Snyderverse to the Snyder Cut. And now the debate between do you restore the Snyderverse? Do you continue with something uh, with what you were doing before? Do you uh, do something in between? You and know, the fact that they have not actually had a solid public statement explaining what their plans are. They're they're literally doing the throw wet noodles at a wall and see what sticks. So, absolutely. So the rumor that keeps coming up is is that the Flash movie is going to basically be whatever they decide on. Because the Flash movie is Flashpoint. So whatever comes out of the Flash movie is supposed to be oh, what... God, it was supposed to be Flashpoint. Yeah. We're getting Flashpoint literally in his first standalone movie. Good job. Because there's not, Jesus Christ, 80 years of history to go through first. No, um, or like the chance of just absolutely butchering... Uh, very emotional story. Well, yeah, but one that's only 10 years old. Well, the problem I'm here... It's still very emotional. Oh, I don't disagree, but at the same time, the, it, this is the what's wrong with this generation argument. Well, I mean, the problem here, though, is... Okay, it's not what's wrong with this generation, because if we're being all uh, honest here, there's nobody in our generation or after that is in any level of power at Warner. That's so, fair. Th- this is not us. This is Gen a X? boomer thing. No, this, boomer? this is solidly a boomer thing. No, because if, bo- if this was a boomer thing, they we would be recycling. Well, not only that, but they would also be. <laughs> no, we would because they know it makes money. We would, But we would also be recycling stories from that generation, like from the 60s and the 70s. It seems like DC Have we has not been recycling stories for like two, three decades no. now. DC in the last decade hasn't done anything past 1990. That's my At point. the earliest. That's my point. Right. I'm saying if this was actually a boomer doing it, they would be focusing on stories that were when they were kids. Think about what you just said. They've not made a story that was past 1990. He's saying what so happened. What was not, before 1990? No, no, no. 1990 being for, sorry, past meaning in the past 1990. So they've focused on the 90s and earlier, not yes. Later. Yeah, that's right. what I'm saying. So what what was before the 90s? The 80s and the 70s. And who grew up in the 70s? The boomers. Gen X. No, it's Gen X. Gen X. Well, no, I guess 70s, yeah. 80s, technically. <laughs> yeah, no, you're, you're right. Well, you're, you're, right. <laughs> you're missing my argument, though. They would be using stories from that time period, not more modern. Well, you can't even say that they're using stories from well, modern. I mean, you're not wrong. They're they're cannibalizing stories from modern and uh, giving their own little twist. That is very disrespectful. That's disrespectful to cannibals, to cannibals Brad. They're people too, because you are what you eat. I. 
And I win. That's my point for the day. <laughs> You're walking home. I feel like there's... Wow. I feel like our potential cannibal audience is already low enough. I'm not worried about Oh, hey, look at that. Opinions. After that comment, nobody is watching us anymore. <laughs> oh, um, my. But no, it, you, know, it, you know the goal is to make both of you, like, do the whole, like, grab your face and groan thing, well, you, right? you succeeded. What, five minutes in? Ten minutes in? Um, I mean... Uh, looks like we have Tom already in the comments. Hello, sir. Hey, Appreciating the fact that Kylo's <laughs> actually on screen yes. for once. Oh, yeah, instead of behind a camera. Yeah, or in the kitchen. Uh, wow. You appreciate what I do in the kitchen. I do. Yeah. It's tasty. Thank you. It's yummy. Um, no, but that's, I, look, that's that's the singular problem right now is maybe it's a good thing that Warner Brothers isn't going to be there this year. Now they can take a year to actually game plan to figure out what they want to do. But every time we turn around, you, we hear... You're expecting studios to game plan? Really? I mean, if you, you have high expectations for them. If Marvel Studios can do it, why can't everybody else? I have high school kids that can plan better than Marvel, uh, <laughs> DC Studios is doing right now. Oh, shit. Um, <laughs> but the main problem is... is we still don't know what's coming. Like, every, every time we turn around, we hear a new rumor that Cavill's still going to play Superman. Well, let's be honest. But then he's we hear, the so far. but then we hear that now Bad Robot and J.J. Abrams are doing a reboot of the Superman franchise. But it's supposed to be Calvin Ellis and not Clark Kent. But then it's going to be Clark Kent, but not Calvin. I I, I don't know. Look, <laughs> here's the problem that I have with Warner's approach to superhero movie making. It, mm -hmm. it, obviously, DC specifically, but in general, any superhero movie they've ever tried to make. They are so much about the hype uh -huh. that, oh my gosh, yes. and they are 100% dictated mm. by public opinion. They have the thinnest skin of, I think, almost any studio. Like, I would be willing to say Universal has thicker skin than Warner Brothers does as far as making a decision and freaking sticking to it rather than allowing which, public opinion to change their mind. Which is hilarious because this is the same studio that gave us the Nolan trilogy where they literally just said, however big you need the check to be, just let us know. Yeah, and they they are so dictated by public opinion. They, they want to push out hype for whatever is popular in the moment and they're not actually trying to plan anything and that is one of the most frustrating parts of it to me because it's so much wasted potential mm -hmm. and knowing the directors they're pulling in knowing the talent for the writing staff they're pulling in you they're actually getting solid creative talent but well, there's so much so i will i will argue that with there's you. so much nitpicking from on high even if they could have made a good movie that that was never going to happen i will argue a little bit solid creative talent they would stick to their guns in what way in the sense of allow, instead of allowing public opinion and like public outcries and calls for this that or the other to change their their stance of things they would go this is what Which we're doing Which director has changed their opinion about the movies does this uh, guy got, not go, know that uh i don't know names really well no no, no <laughs> but that's what i'm saying so far the only people changing their opinions about uh based on public opinion is the studio and then they go in and force the director there hasn't been a single article that i've seen mm -hmm. where a director Maybe. uh for a dc movie came back and said they changed their mind about their own story 
after hearing public backlash. I guess then, what does it say about that person when we've heard of other writers and stuff like that when trying to be forced to move into a direction, they end up leaving the project because they go, this isn't my thing and I'm not going to have my name attached to it. You just saw it with Doctor Strange. Scott Derrickson left because he was completely disagreeing with what Marvel wanted to do with the sequel. Well... I mean, and I get props to him. I think the problem, uh, and we got Sam Raimi back behind the camera for a superhero movie, so I'm, which is fair. I'm sorry, I'm counting that as a win for everybody involved. <laughs> um, no, no, definitely. No, yeah. look, the problem that I have is that DC picked the wrong guy from the very beginning. Well, yeah. So here's the thing: I don't. I know this might be a controversial statement based on the things we've said in the past, but I don't actually think that Zack Snyder is a bad director choice for a superhero film. Give me something to throw at him now. But, no. I don't think he's a bad director (laughs) choice for a superhero film. Mm -hmm. I do think he's a bad choice to be the creative lead for an entire cinematic universe. Okay. I think his style Uh can fit a superhero film well. I think they chose the wrong superhero to give him. I think if they'd given him one of the grittier superheroes, uh, they'd given him Batman, which would be the gimme, or hell, if they'd given him Green Lantern, I think he could have actually knocked that out of the park because his stylistic choices could have given us something that we haven't seen with that character and would feel new and fresh. Sure. So, However, the moment you try to put him in charge of the creative direction for the entire universe, now you're saying that no matter what other director you bring in, all of them have to be hamstrung by his style because he has shown he doesn't know how to share creatively. Well, look, th- I I completely mm-hmm. do. I don't think he's a good storyteller at all. I think he puts pretty pictures on film. Name one of the stories that he's done that's been good. Name one of any of the movies that he's done. 300, a historical event that was an overly comical bastardization of the story. Watchmen? That's about the only movie that I'll give anybody for a Zack Snyder film is Watchmen. And even then, that bastardized the source material heavily. Yeah. So much so that Alan Moore hated it, but then again, what property doesn't Alan Moore hate when it's adapted to live action? Alan Moore licenses his his IP out just so he can hate on it. Uh, You're probably not wrong. Um, We don't shame in this household. (laughs) I can't say the actual word, so I'm just going to leave it at that. Sucker Punch? Like, really? <laughs> what? Are you laughing at me still? <laughs> what? A little bit, yeah. Because nah. oh, um, he, he just got it, because he's a quick he's a quick thinker. <laughs> um, sorry, which one? Okay, so Sucker Punch and then Man of Steel. By the really? way, Kyla, uh, Aaron's throwing a lot of love at you in the comments. Love you, boo. <laughs> but, I'm uh, so, Man of Steel, so, <laughs> Christopher Nolan literally told Zack Snyder and David Goyer not spoilers coming if you haven't seen a seven-year-old movie for Superman to not snap Zod's neck and they still went ahead and did it anyway when Christopher Nolan is telling you not to do something and then the best part of all of that is all of the backlash that that movie received for how Superman was literally toppling skyscrapers with people in them yeah they then went and used it a major plot point in the next movie so which was bastardized as well here here is the one thing save martha here's the one thing you gotta say you gotta save martha brad we've gotta save martha 
If Warner Brothers wanted their cinematic universe, nope. nope. There you go. To be more <laughs> gritty and realistic, and that's why they wanted the Superman movie to be a lot more destructive. I can understand to a certain extent. Can I? Uh, problem. Can I do a shout out? Or do I need to hide the label? I, I mean, you can show the label, uh, but there's no point in giving them free advertising verbally. Please send us stuff. I mean, we we would love to be sponsored I mean, by <clears throat> somebody. But a tall, uh, skinny, silver can with blue symbols and red red writing. Yeah. It does give you wings. <laughs> um, <laughs> okay, but sorry. Honestly, though, if they wanted to do that, I could see that being an interesting concept because it would have been a proper counterbalance to Marvel's approach to superheroes. The problem mm-hmm. is. That's not the direction they end up going with every movie that came after that. No. And so if they wanted to keep the tone from that first one on, I would have had more respect for them. But they didn't, and it just got such so muddled. Well, my only problem is, is that, again, you say, you know, he would have been great for Batman. He screwed Batman up. <laughs> if there's a 1% chance he's our enemy, we have to take it as an absolute. That's odd math coming from the world's greatest detective. I mean, you're not wrong there. I mean... Batman knows his stuff, but he doesn't deal in absolutes. Like, And then the fact that they were literally both outwitted by Jesse Eisen. <laughs> hey, don't hate on him. I love okay? Eisenberg, but God damn, I, I, I love him actor, but movie. my gosh, that was the wrong casting. Yeah. No, hang on, let me feed a Jolly Rancher to somebody provocatively after I just drain the three on somebody's grill. Don't, don't, don't forget about the jar. Don't forget about the jar. That mm. sounds a lot worse than it actually is Correct. when you say it like that. And yet, <laughs> and then let us not you know forget. what it is, and you can't say that the fact right. that it is what it is isn't pretty awful. And then let us not forget that <laughs> those characters were pitted against each other because they were both outsmarted by that guy. <laughs> Cody said, "Confirm Batman is Sith." Right. <laughs> I mean. Not wrong. Exactly. The only good thing about that entire two and hour and forty minute movie. I think Batman would be a great Jedi. Probably not. That, that's that's actually pretty fair. That's pretty fair. The only redeeming thing about that entire movie was him going into the warehouse and saving Martha Kent. That was the most vicious, most brutal, like grounded fight scene that I've ever seen in a Zack Snyder movie, and it was beautiful. That's fair. The only problem is, is that it was three and a half minutes of a two and hour and forty minute movie. Oh, so, see, how long was it? Two hours and forty minutes. Yes. So one hundred and twenty, hundred and sixty. Keep talking. You're good. Hold on. Well, I mean, it, <laughs> if, if you go back uh, and look at most of the DC films that have come out so far, um, there has been a massive in uh, like less than one percent of the movie. Yeah. <laughs> that there's been a massive push and focus to try to get as many of the famous comic frames somewhere into the movies that they can make it so that you have that recognizable moment. So so we can do the DiCaprio from Once Upon a Time in Hollywood? (laughs) Oh, wait, I've got to get a beer in my hand first. So the the problem with that... I mean, you're not wrong, but uh, the problem with that is it completely misses the point that Marvel understands. Marvel, their 
while Marvel has put into their movies scenes that feel like it was pulled from a comic book. So good. There's not a single scene that was actually from a comic book. Right. And that's the point. They're going after the concept behind the characters in the stories. Yeah. They're not trying to imitate that exact like frame by frame piece of the story, hoping that you'll recognize it and then come to see it again because of that. Yeah. No. It, it more captures it, the emotion soulless. of it as opposed to like literal. Yeah. yeah. It, it's absolutely soulless when you do so, that. But I think we've beaten this horse as long <laughs> as we could. Have yeah. we? Well, but, I mean, I, well, I, there's I, one I, other. Uh, I don't aspect. ever get tired of beating a Zack Snyder horse. <laughs> <laughs> but there's one other aspect to this that we haven't really touched on, and it's that Marvel and DC backing out of Comic Con this year does kind of point out one other thing that, and we brought up multiple times before when we talked about conventions, mm-hmm. and it's that the traditional format for a convention feels like it is becoming less and less relevant when the times are dictating that things have to change especially last year and this year uh, you need a flexible format that can handle an online setting that can still give an experience that is at least somewhat comparable to the in-person setup but even when you are in person, tell me how many conventions we've been to that you can honestly think back and say that you could feel a difference between convention A, B, and C that was distinctly that convention. I mean, that's a very good point. That really yeah. is. That's something I feel like maybe people have just lost is that each convention from year to year (laughs) they don't have that sense of wonder they don't have that sense of like this year was so much memorable for this reason or this year was so memorable for why reason um oh not 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 to get political or anything but you know they, oh, we have mic feedback oh we have mic feedback no why are you feeding back that's a good that's a good question go for it you know a real technician figured this out before we started um well i mean in fairness this time we actually did go through the full uh tech test and you know things happen but you know hey they could have still had sdcc in person this year if they had just opened their states up yes they could have they could have but necessary just had to throw some politics in there, that's all. And by the way, Always thank you, Aaron, for pointing that out. Wow. Uh, absolutely appreciate it. Feedback, feedback. Um, No, look, I think I, I, I think you're 100% right. I think they've lost what makes each convention stand out and what makes each convention memorable. Yeah. And I think until they find that again, I guess would be the way to say that, I think you're still going to have conventions feel like, you know, we went, we had fun. Am I going to remember this like two months from now? Well, you, 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 would you say that they've lost their certain genesequa? Uh, I don't know what that means. <laughs> this is the boy that didn't take foreign language. <laughs> I took Spanish. Yeah. I took German, so I mean, this do with that what you will. Taking Spanish doesn't count. What are you talking about? It's actually the most taking beneficial Spanish language to is, take here. Taking Spanish is just necessary to live here. That doesn't really count as a foreign language. That That's just that this part of living in Texas. So what does it mean if I took three years of German? That means you were smart and uh, well-rounded. Are you ready for the? You ready for the rise of the Fourth Reich? What are we doing here? <laughs> you don't know. 
I don't, anyway. unfortunately. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> moving um, on. <laughs> but no, I. So I mean, we brought this up when we talked about the uh, the issues with this year's E3. Mm-hmm. Um, if you look back and look at the coverage that G4 had uh, for E3, for Comic-Con, um, they were able to show off the personalities that each of those conventions had mm-hmm. when they were going on, mm-hmm. and it was a wonderful thing. Um, well, G4 is back. But the, the, problem, Almost. the problem is, I think part of what ended up happening was that because they had a, an outlet like G4, covering their conventions there were more nuanced aspects of the conventions that were willing to try to become unique for the sake of being shown off to uh, a nationwide audience yeah without somebody replacing them in the intervening years they've gotten complacent and most conventions will follow the big guys uh lead so if comic-con isn't doing it if e3 isn't doing it if um uh, Dragon Con isn't doing it, then you're going to have a lot of the smaller conventions that are going to think that, well, why do we need to put the extra effort in? Because this is just the norm. And, and you're even, it kind of sucks because there's so much that you can do with it. You're even seeing it like, I hate to say it, but like pops, like collectibles, like exclusive show collectibles oh my gosh. have been really lacking the last year or two. <laughs> yeah. Oh, absolutely. So... so. Yeah. Moving on. Indeed. Because, again, we can just beat this horse for an hour and hours and hours, and I won't ever get tired. Uh, you would think. Yeah. You good there, Brad? Yep. Just bumping up the game. Oh. There we go. Gotta get those gains, bro. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> so you going to have two points now? That's how the point system works? Mm. With that. Uh, so just going to give you a solid backhand as soon as we get home. Remember, we no. don't do domestic violence on camera. I don't. I said we, we don't, don't comment about it on camera because then it's evidence. Fair. Anyway, uh, so, but speaking of Marvel, um, there is one Marvel movie that did just come out, uh, and you guys had the opportunity to go see it last night. Yes, it was fantastic. Well, we saw and what, what, it. What, what was the movie? It was Friday. Oh, it was sorry, Black Friday. Widow. <laughs> Got to see Black Widow. Finally. Got to see Natasha. Oh. Miss Scarlett Johansson. No, look, I. Uh, spoilers, non spoilers? No spoilers. No spoilers because it, it's still opening weekend. You, you can't do a spoiler review live on opening weekend. Are I can do whatever the hell I want. And this we is are my also show. We're surrounded by many nerds here, and I don't need this. We don't need to be crucified for giving spoilers on a brand new Marvel movie. You think these nerds can do anything to us? Look at them. If there was ever a in crowd numbers. that could, power in numbers, I, I, I think that th- th- this is exactly the place where it would happen. <laughs> but, <laughs> they have the supplies. Uh, that, okay, that's fair. Yep. Anyway, that is fair. So, want to share your thoughts? I really liked the movie. Um, I think. Look, I this was one of those films. As weird as it's as weird as it's going to sound, I would have liked it more if it had come out last year. Why? Because we had to wait almost... No, we had to wait over a year for this movie. Well, why would it have been better last year as opposed to this year? Because of everything that's happening right now in Phase 4. It would have fit more perfectly as the lead into everything that's coming. Instead of us going forward and then going back. Careful. Oh, sorry. Please don't hit the microphone. Like, (laughs) as much as I liked this movie and I did, it felt like... (laughs) 
watching it in this order has a really bad feeling of like having to go back to tie up a loose end to move forward. See, I didn't get that feeling. No, and that's not that's not just because it told it told its story in the well, only what, time that there was a. Go ahead. That's not the fault of the movie. That's the way that my mind takes it because we've already moved past it. Now we're going to go back to it, and it it's of no fault of Marvel that it came out at the time that it did. Because they didn't really have a choice because everything was shut down last year. And that's fair, but like I, I personally didn't think of because it as... Because of things. Mm. Words and can't say. at the time, they didn't have enough faith in their own streaming service for the now-branded premiere access. Well, no, I think, I think they legitimately wanted to put it in theaters because I think that they felt like this was the right send-off for the character. Is give her a moment on yes, the big screen. Please. Let her... Yeah, okay, so... Because, I, and also, I'll, I'll give you that because, because Johansson wasn't compared to compared to any other Disney film that has come out on Disney Plus. Yeah, like the, uh, the, as live, action, access, the live action Mulan. Who gives a shit? Just throw it on Disney Plus. And the call it difference a day. that any of them had. It also had a theater release. Barely. Yeah, they but had one. The, oh, the difference between any of those and Black Widow is Black Widow had Kevin Feige, and Kevin Feige, as we know, has advocated endlessly for the aspects of the MCU that would really benefit the fandom. So I I, I do, from that perspective, I will say I I respect that. You know, I I absolutely adored the movie. Like, it was... There were a couple of times I will say, so spoiler-free, mind you, but as a, like, heads up, do you ever forget how dark Black Widow's origin story is? And how effed up it is. Because I did. And then I was slapped in the face with it. <laughs> like heavily, like just open hand, cross face, and then back again. Like it was just, I was, ooh, it was heavy. But overall, like the movie was really good. And I was telling Mike the, the other day, my opinion on it was that I loved the fact that it was a female superhero movie. But it didn't feel like, oh my gosh, it's a female superhero movie, if that makes any sense whatsoever. And that's coming from a woman, so I think it's okay for us to comment on it, right? It's not very PC of you, but, uh... I mean, you did say it. (laughs) You said it, so... (laughs) I'm just asking the rules of this PC world that we live in, Brad. (laughs) But that's how I felt about it, because it... For once, it wasn't a movie that was, like... So they're going like, oh my gosh, this is a girl. Oh my gosh, it's a girl. Did you know it's a girl? Did you know it's a girl superhero? It was just, this is Natasha. It's Black Widow. Here she is in her greatness. Which, in fairness, is kind Done. of the one of the biggest problems with the Captain Marvel film. I'm yes. saying one of because there were a few. Uh. But it <laughs> like, was one of the biggest like, issues. Like, I, now like I your lead being an unlikable human being? <laughs> I, I, once again, we've had this conversation. Yeah. I like Brie Larson as an actor. However, I didn't say actress. I said human being. Yeah. However, there is a uh, the difference. director was way too inexperienced uh, and really didn't know what to do with uh, the actors he had on hand. Yeah. But what I will say okay. is, it was a guy and girl. It was a pair. Oh, duh. No, I will Sorry. say it but was I, one of my favorite Stan Lee cameos in Captain Marvel. So that's fair because <laughs> it did put all rats into the cinematic universe. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I will say this. Um, which puts other things into the Marvel even, Cinematic Universe. Which even we Wonder may talk Woman. about later. <laughs> even Wonder Woman. And the first Wonder Woman was a fantastic film. It was uh, great. In my opinion. Um, even it still had several kind of unnecessary uh, moments where you pointed out, 
female superhero. Yes, like well, and, even like the the scene where she's uh, walking through the trenches, and they're like, "What is she doing here? Like, ladies aren't supposed to be here. What do you? What is she doing?" And yeah. she's just in there, like stripping off her clothes and like getting into her uniform and stuff like that yeah. to literally charge across the battlefield, guns blazing at her and everything like that. But every single person she walked by had to say something to the effect of like, "What's she doing here?" Uh, Aaron says Captain Marvel does not exist to me, just like season eight of Game of Thrones. Season, Game of Thrones has eight seasons. Apparently, apparently, some, some Sorry, people there's the seven. There's seven before it that I didn't watch. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, I didn't know there were eight seasons. Mm, mm. Just like there's a ninth season of Scrubs. Say again? Yeah. What? No. Yeah, Dave no, Franco's the, in it. The, there's only eight seasons. Excuse of me. <laughs> Dave Franco's in it. Yeah. There's what? Only eight seasons of Scrubs. It, it had a wonderful finale with JD mm-hmm. going off uh, to to his new life as new hospital. It, it was beautiful. That 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 was the end. It was done. I cried like a bitch. About. And then they brought it back. No. You know, no. They did, definitely did not. And it had the Franco that wasn't accused of sexual harassment. Uh, anyways, so you you liked the oh. so you liked the movie. <laughs> <laughs> I did. So I did. So look, all, like I said, halfway, like when we got, when we got out of the theater, I was like, I, like, it was the first thing that popped into my mind. It was just like, saw Falcon and the Winter Soldier, which was fantastic. WandaVision was absolutely incredible. We haven't started Loki yet, but we're going to knock it out probably in the next week or so. But like, even, even even watching Letterkenny, like even the post, (laughs) even the post credit scene, I was like. Uh, the like, post-cut scene gave me whiplash for like no spoilers, but it gave me whiplash. I went from crying my eyes out heavily to cursing profusely. Like, and Florence Pugh was fantastic as Yelena Belote. Like, if if she's gonna be the one that carries on and as this character, like. Yeah. By all means, yes. all for it. She was fantastic. She's, She's an amazing, amazing actress. Well, and talk about somebody else who is another bit of incredible talent that to be brought into the MCU. I yeah. mean, she is. And it had Rachel. And it had Rachel Vice. Yeah. Oh. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Plus, you know, David Harbor. Yeah. I loved David Harbor. Red Guardian. I loved oh. David Harbor. But no, the story. The story <laughs> was Remind great. Remind me to talk to you about something about his character when yeah. we get done. Mm. So no, the story was fantastic. Yep. It was. It was it also had a sense of familialness, mm. but not like forced down your throat. Oh yeah. Like they weren't actually a family, but they were a family, just like her family that she went and got back in Endgame, which mm-hmm. spoilers was still heartbreaking. But I feel it, like in-game spoilers is just about safe to say but that it, it, the embargo is done. The only the only complaint that I had was the Taskmaster reveal. And the only reason I have that problem is it should have came earlier in the movie because of what it meant to her. Hmm. That should have been something she was dealing with for the entire second act and going into the third act. So how late in the movie is that reveal? Third act. It's like middle of the third act. Ooh. Got and it. it it references something that is referenced in the act first one. Avengers movie. Oh no, I yeah. I yeah. I've already had enough spoilers okay. that hit me. I, I I get the general idea of what happens. Yeah. Like if so. they if if that would have hey, been make sure you don't spoil. Yeah, if if that would have <laughs> happened early earlier in the movie, like if if that maybe is like the end of act 1, and we have the entire second act of Natasha maybe, having to. Are you saying maybe revealed to like the audience, but not necessarily? No, revealed to her. Um, because that was that was twenty minutes of screen time from her figuring it out to how do I fix this? Not actually having to okay, live with those. Okay, that's fair. I follow you. I could see it being done earlier for her. I think 
earlier for the audience would have made mm. sense, and then later for her, as yeah. opposed to the same time. Build for... the dramatic tension. Yes. Well, so my only problem, my only problem with that is, is that it worked for Winter Soldier because we knew that both of those characters were coming back, and the fallout that would continue. There is no more exploring that fallout and how her having and to. That's a fair thing, Blake. I like yeah. how Brad put it. Was like specifically for the dramatic tension of the movie itself. That's fair. Now, granted, the whole movie has a lot of dramatic yes. tension in it, and it not necessarily edge of seat, but very like a uh, heart heavy dramatic yes. tension. Very much so. For so I no would, spoilers, but so I would say the the big question that I, I have to ask is looking at the movie as a whole. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like it's just a little too late for uh, this movie uh, finally getting released and it should have been done like several years ago? Or do you feel like this, it doesn't really matter when it was released, it would have felt equally valid no matter when the release date was? I think... Oh, sorry. Go, go ahead. ahead. Go ahead. Was well, with the story that they told, I think it fits perfectly. Yeah, for the specific story that was told in the movie. Now I and where it fits into the MCU proper. Now I have a, a tear on just the character in general getting like their standalone movie. Oh yeah. Because I worry that if it was done before Captain Marvel, we would have gotten the "Oh my gosh, it's a girl" moment with it, and I don't think that's not that's not Natasha's character. No, and I think look, I think like I said, for for her arc in Infinity War and in the Endgame, it makes total sense for this movie to take place when it took place, and for the plot to be what it was. Yeah. yeah. So I, at least I'm torn. I'm torn on it. I'm personally. I like it better that now that's after Captain Marvel, so we don't like I get the get the whole oh, it's a girl sort of yeah. moment that's already passed. If that makes sense. Yeah, but a little I, bit more respectful to the character itself. Again, also, I think it would have been handled better if it was being done with Scarlett Johansson and not Brie Larson. But that's just different talk for a different day. Fair. And honestly. I mean, there have been fans that have been asking for a Black Widow movie for years. Mm-hmm. Uh, there have been fans <laughs> that have been asking for uh, a lot of different female uh, superhero <laughs> movies for years. Well, especially, especially Black Widow because she was introduced in the third film in the entire universe. Yeah. yeah. Like she was. She is one of the... It's Tony Stark. Yep. It's mm-hmm. Bruce Banner. Yep. Proper, well, properly. Okay, fair. Properly. And then Thunderbolt Ross is in that movie, Abominations in that movie. And then we jump right back into Iron Man 2, and it's her. Yeah. And like, that's so she's like one of the first characters introduced in this entire universe. And unlike Bruce Banner, we don't, uh, Black Widow did not have any licensing issues that were preventing them from making a movie. That was just a studio decision because as it has been leaked before, um, Disney already has the little girl market cornered with the Disney princesses. So why do we need to cater to them again with a female uh, superhero movie? And you know what? Because adult women want them to. I don't care. You guys get everything. Sorry, you girls get everything. Hey, what's up? Excuse uh, me? I'm, 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 I'm getting a little bit away from this one. Uh, nope, nope, Excuse nope. me? We get everything? You absolutely do. 
Nope. <clears throat> Not touching that one. Oh, I'm gonna I'm let you. I'm gonna let that one marinate with you real quick. <laughs> it smells great, but it's gonna taste good too. You, can I say you know, the B word? It's perfectly fine to just smack the crap out can of me. Can, 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 can I say the B word? Only if you smack him while you say it. No, because I'm, I'm not a big fan of the whole hitting thing. All right, moving on. <laughs> I have a headache, so that really helped. Thank you. <laughs> nice little, nice little Denozo slap, a la NCIS. Exactly. Um, <laughs> but. Ten, like I'd give yeah. the movie overall like a nine point five out of ten. Okay. There's just a little. There's a couple little things in there that kind of was like it. A few moments where it sucked me out of my suspension of disbelief for a second, but it pulled me right back in. But yeah. overall, fantastic movie. So, anything good going on in the comments? Uh, who is that? Oh, it's just Aaron. No. <laughs> hey, All boo. right. So moving on. Wow. <laughs> it's Kay. I love her. I don't. I do. That's, that's fine. And, and we have a, a, a random, uh, she put cumin in it. Yeah. 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 All right. <laughs> All right. Uh, anyway. Um, but yeah, kind of uh, jumping off of the Black Widow thing. Mm -hmm. Um so do we want to stay with this topic then? Yes. It's a national, na so, national, na natural. Yeah. So jumping yeah. off of that, uh, with the idea of female-led super or female superhero movies that could have and honestly should have been, um, who all should have already gotten their own movie before now? That's really hard to say. Because I, are we talking just Marvel or are we talking everything? Overall. Okay, well, because DC could screw up a wet dream, so I don't trust them to do anything right. Come on, really? That one? I can't say that? I don't think it's that you can't say it. It was, it was just Brad. <laughs> are, are we, I need to like keep like a little tally mark of the times that like both of you break for a second or I break and just like, or who causes each other to break. And you get like a tally point for each person. And this is right after uh, Aaron said in the comments that I am the dad joke. <laughs> you are the dad joke. No, look, I don't trust you. I, I, the fact that Wonder Woman was as good as it was is a miracle that of unto the Lord above. Um, with Marvel, I think the argument can be made that... The argument can be made that we should have had something before Captain Marvel... Yes. Yeah. My only my only counter argument to that is is that there has been a plan since day one, and they plan things out several movies and several years ahead of time. I mean that's very true. Now they didn't even now integrating integrating Black Widow into Iron Man two like she is literally introduced as a piece of eye candy. Like there's a scene with her changing in the back seat. Mm -hmm. Sorry, there's the not really one of the best without, parts of the movie. No, it's again, a great part of the movie with no with no spoilers in it. The the part in the movie, the, you know, the thing with the yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> she's a poser. <laughs> I'm not a poser, but, but continue. Sorry. But with that, you also saw like Wanda Maximoff had a fantastic arc in Age of Ultron. She may not have been oh, the focus so of the good. movie, 
but she was still an integral part of that movie. Wanda in general. Sure. Like, I, Gamora was an integral part of the Guardians of the Galaxy. Nebula's and not just... whole arc in the entirety of Guardians of the Galaxy? Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, we were still seeing them get... We were still seeing female characters getting their respect in these movies. And I think they were just... I, I don't know if it's they were waiting for the right time. I don't know if it was... to say that one of the roles that a superhero that is introduced to the MCU, uh, for example... Uh, couldn't have been equally uh, equally well filled by a female superhero in that position. Or uh, let's even uh, go a step further. Um, you introduced Ant Man mm-hmm. and gave us the Wasp uh, mm-hmm. through that. Mm-hmm. Between two movies, how much screen time did she get versus him? And you could make an argument that in the first movie, she was equally as important she to the plot. Was. She absolutely but was. But got, what, maybe a third of the screen time? Yeah. No. no I Hope Van Dyne has got more than she did. No, she didn't. No. Hope yeah. Van Dyne was in a lot of the first movie. Really? Paul, Paul Rudd even says it. He's like, the reason that I'm here in the suit is because I'm expendable and you aren't. Like, Paul Rudd's character in that movie is literally brought in as cannon fodder so that if something goes wrong, they can just have a stooge to sacrifice in the suit. But is that almost more insulting because you're saying that uh, we get in Ant-Man and the Wasp, we know she's badass. Uh, She can hold her own. And you're saying in the first movie that the two male leads are saying that they need to protect her. And no, that no. that is uh, the okay portion of the plot. Is that more insulting to her that the entire first movie is uh, that she's trying to be protected by the two male leads when the second movie shows she didn't need that in the first place? No, it was that Hank Pym had such low expectations for the plan to work that he expected whoever to go in to get killed. He's saying it from a story point. I think you're saying it from like audience point point. and it especially makes sense when you figure out that what happened to janet van dyne but so once again the story can be rewritten to make it better uh for her look, as a character okay so then we're just talking about representation for the sake of representation no i'm saying write a better story well was it a bad story i'm saying it could have been better how so if the first movie had uh put her into a stronger position as a character so that you didn't have to go into the second movie going, well, I mean, yeah, she kind of taught Scott uh, a bit of what she, uh, he knows as Ant-Man about how to fight and whatnot, but, you know, is she really going to be able to be a, a, a as badass of a hero character as uh, he is? Um, and then you get the uh, first scene of the second movie, you find out, oh, absolutely. Yeah. What if we I, didn't I've... learn that in the first movie because she got enough screen time, not even in suit, just in general, fighting just as much as he was uh, while defying her dad's expectations that uh, she couldn't handle it, that this was too dangerous for her, and she was still kicking ass out of the suit when he wasn't looking. No, I think you're misconstruing him not thinking that she can do it as to what him I'm, not wanting her to put that in What I'm saying in the is place. you can rewrite the story to give her a stronger character arc in the first movie uh, and still get relatively the same story, but 
give her more development in it. Well, that's, I and that's, that's a- what I'm saying. What if they had done that instead? Because even that could have been uh, better than just waiting for Captain Marvel to come out to be able to give a whole movie to a female superhero. Well, again, I don't, I don't think you're waiting for this and that. I think they strategically introduced characters into the MCU for which direction they were taking the MCU. There's a reason Doctor Strange was introduced when he was introduced. There's a reason his movie was brought in when he was brought in. And while it, I don't, good? while I don't disagree with you, I think more what he's trying to get at with it sure. is that instead of the revelation coming was it like 10 minutes into the second film of her being able to hold her own with things while it is a concern of her dad i'm sorry of him um yeah her dad i'm trying like englishing um well it's a concern of her dad that she's going to get hurt and it's she's my little girl aspect if she got the opportunity to show him like I'm not your little girl anymore. I'm a badass. As opposed, like maybe at least towards the end of the movie, as opposed to ten minutes into the second one, is what he's trying to say. Well, sure, but we also got an entire character arc in Avengers Endgame when Hawkeye loses his family and he goes on a murder spree to kill anything that gets in front of him. So, like, we've seen both aspects of what you're willing to do for your family to keep them safe and what happens when you lose your family. Well, yeah. Sure. So there, there are different that. ways to be able to get to the same plot points. Well, of course. Uh, just like how we were discussing, just how we were discussing well, the Taskmaster <laughs> whole discussion a second ago right. of like when do you show yeah. that? Right. As opposed to how you said they waited till yeah that that yeah. like waited that that right. until so late they could have done it sooner. Mm-hmm. Well, of course they could have done it sooner with her. As opposed to, like he was but saying, waiting that... until later with Captain Marvel yeah. and stuff like that to but show, like, doesn't that girls also... can do it too. Well, doesn't that also <laughs> take away from Ant-Man's development, though? Not really, because then you are... Would you say that Guardians of the Galaxy, being a team movie, uh, took away from the development of any one character? Groot. Wow. <laughs> what Just I'm... remember, remember, he's family. <laughs> I am Groot. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> of a... Anyway, um, <clears throat> I'm on am fire Groot. today. <laughs> I am Groot. I am Groot. So what? What I would say is, I think if yeah, Ant Man, the movie, by character development, uh, from a character development standpoint, was essentially Ant Man and the Wasp, without the Wasp being the Wasp yet. You could still get an equal amount of character development for both co-leads. Yeah, that's rather that's fine. than having a lead and two supporting actors. That's fine, and yeah. that that would be the yeah, difference. That's fine. It, it would just be shifting the the plot dynamic so that you instead of having a a lead and two supports, you'd have two leads, leads and, and a support. That's fair. That that would be the the balance difference. That's fair. Yeah. <laughs> But so. I don't think that it absolutely was a detriment to the story because they didn't do it that way. No, but no. When, when you take uh, the context overall of Disney having been previously leaked that well, they again, were so anti-female superhero prominence, it, it does bring up questions about, well, what could have been if this had been changed or if this had been adjusted or whatever, it, you know, what would the MCU have looked like if True. Disney's 
uh, almost detrimental bias towards the little boy market uh, wasn't their driving factor. It's a fair argument. It's a very fair argument. Seven jokes went across my head. I can't say on, on camera. That's why I had to take a deep breath. So. <laughs> but we're also missing out on the biggest question of all of this. Oh, jeez. What if Edgar Wright hadn't left Ant-Man? I mean, do you what, want movie would, that? what movie have, would we have gotten? Honestly, I feel like Edgar Wright could have given us a very interesting dynamic especially, for... Uh, especially since oh. he went and did Baby Driver instead. Baby Driver was so good. But so outside of Marvel, who else... Uh, oh, sorry. Outside of the MCU, uh, who else uh, do we think is a female superhero that really deserves more attention? Uh, from a movie standpoint or just in general. I think you have a strong argument for your first one, Mike, if you want to share. What's my first one? We, we have props. We have I, props. Yes. Let you take a guess at who you think your first one is. Uh, Gwenpool? That's fine. Wow. <laughs> um, so my choice, because of the giant Batman nerd that I am and my love for the Bat family in general would be Batman. Are you, are you a giant Batman nerd? Yes. I had no idea. Yes. No idea. I mean, my, my choice would be Batgirl. <laughs> yeah, I know. He's you, not represented. You, 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 want, you want to talk back family and you're wearing... Show your goddamn respect for Richard Donner. <laughs> uh, 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 and yet, I'm representing the Bat I... family. Can I just so. say I'm representing, representing the Bat family because I'm an all black? No. <laughs> as per usual. No. I mean, in no, general, goth is fairly representative. But I mean, if we're doing if we're doing female-led superheroes, the fact that we don't have a bad girl super superhero film yet, or just a, yes. a film in general, sorry, uh, is an absolute travesty I don't to think the character. She even has her animated movie yet, does she? No, she was she was used as a sorry plot device in the, the Killing Joke. Plot device, and that's it. Mm. I meant more in the first like five minutes plot device, and then turned into an <laughs> they, actual plot device. They literally used her as a piece of ass and nothing else. Yeah. We don't nice. like to talk about the Killing Joke movie very much. It, it It's too hard to keep ourselves PG or PG-13 well, with that. Well, the, the movie, the, the story itself also isn't PG-13, so... No. <laughs> and our commentary is very much not PG-13 on but it. The fact that we haven't gotten Barbara Gordon in live action outside of the 60s, the 60s TV show... I mean, in fairness, there was Birds of Prey. So again, the fact that we haven't gotten Barbara Gordon <laughs> live action outside of the 60s TV show, I didn't Barbara Gordon's pretty cool, actually. Yes. Oh, absolutely. Like, even, like, Gail Simone well, uh, had an show, amazing show run. The audience. Yes. Sorry. If we're going to be recommending characters, might as well show off the yes. stories. Gail Simone had an amazing run in the New 52 with the character. Bringing her back. The New 52 basically reintroduced her, took her out of the wheelchair as Oracle, and put her back in the suit as Batgirl. Yep. And it was her dealing with whether or not she felt she was ready to be back out there. Yeah. She was worthy to be back out there. And let's not forget, multiple people have carried the mantle of Batgirl. But, a lot of... But they... Like how he not as many Robins. as Robin. <laughs> but... <laughs> what are there, seven Robins now? I think. Seven, right? Because Carrie, well, Carrie Kelly... Can, is, if, she's if, canon. If you toss in Elseworlds, I feel like there are a few others that we're missing. I think it's just... Yeah, my... Yeah. And do you consider the dark multiverse uh, Robins as uh, well? Even Robins? in even in those, those are just different iterations of like of the a Dick Grayson or a Demon. But it is technically a different person. So I mean, uh, if the Batman who laughs and Batman are yeah, different ship people. Of Theseus. Yeah, Ship of Theseus. Yeah, Ship of Theseus. But look, even look, even if um, we don't want to go Batgirl and we want to do more like a noir style, like Batwoman. 
Which, yeah, you can say that she has her own TV show now, but... That's not good. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry, it's, it's not It's not good. the best representation of Batwoman. I like CW, but they... they but, like, look, even if you wanted to do, like... DC. Like, even the people that sit there and complain about the fact that, like, the Batman movies haven't been as much of the detective side as they should have been. Yeah. Right there. There it is. Or even Oracle. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. But, like, the fact that she yeah. hasn't been... She hasn't even been anything... Except for Alicia Silverstone playing her. And even then, she wasn't actually Barbara Gordon. Which, by the way, I I know that after uh, Batman and Robin came out, there was it, it, it was all, you know, the thing to just crap all over that movie. In every aspect. Um, however, I... Don't say it. <laughs> of all of the parts of the that movie that... No. Bugged me. <laughs> we don't hit on camera. Alicia Silverstone's Batgirl was honestly the second most infuriating character aspect of the movie. Well, the first being, well, Bane. But, uh, <laughs> but really no. not Uma Thurman? <laughs> Actually, I'm kind of okay with her uh, playing at that over the top. Yeah, because I mean, if you're trying to say that the the whole deal was it was trying to be the uh, like the '60s campy versions of the characters, <laughs> which is the problem to begin with. But her continue. version of Poison Ivy <laughs> feels like she would have felt uh, gone right in with the, uh, the the '60s Batman, along with Ice to Meet You. Yeah, <laughs> like I, I feel like that's actually more forgivable. But no, the, the my problem with Alicia Silverstone's Batgirl is she was just so bland and in the comics as a character batgirl is anything but bland she is incredibly interesting she's a freaking badass yeah she's fantastic whether you're talking about cassie kane or you're talking about barbara gordon like cassie kane is literally like a mute assassin that her dad only ever taught her was to kill was never taught to read never taught to yeah (laughs) never taught to read never taught to write never taught to talk she was literally just so much so that when cassie kane first becomes batgirl she literally has a costume that covers her mouth mm-hmm. because she doesn't ever talk. Yeah. And she just draws little quick pictures to tell people like what she's trying to, like there's a great, great, great story arc. Uh, I can't remember who wrote it, but it was officer down and it's Gordon's shot mm. and they're trying to figure out who did it. And somebody's like all of the witness reports have Catwoman there. And like the bat family goes out to try to scour Gotham to figure out where she is and Cassie Kane is shaking down some criminals and they're like, what do you want? And she literally just holds up a picture, like a little stick drawing of like a woman with long hair and then little cat ears. And she just like, <laughs> like points after she beats the piss out of them. <laughs> what do you want? <laughs> like literally, like she's just like. Still more emotional range than Hayne Christensen in Star Wars. Or Natalie Portman. Uma Thurman has an Oscar. And Joel Schumacher made her look like she couldn't act, but that's nowhere near as bad as what George Lucas did to uh, uh, Natalie Portman. 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 Um, Or Ewan McGregor. Or um, even Hayden Christensen. um, 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 Christopher Lee. Well, definitely Christopher Lee. But no, I was thinking uh, Liam Neeson. Yeah. Um, I mean, come on. (laughs) But dude, like, even, like, even, uh, Oh no! That's the word I'm looking for. What? 
Aaron's back in the comments. Oh, even Hayden Christensen was getting shattered glass. She, uh, after the cast, I think, aggressively points. Yeah, yeah aggressively like that's, points. Like, that's her costume. Oh, and, and of course, yeah. like, that's, like, she literally does not oh, have yeah. a mouth on the costume. Oh, and of course, we have uh, a comment from, um, Reza? Uh, Liza. 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 Uh, saying Raven would be a good addition for yeah. Uh, movie. See, I was going to talk about her, but I couldn't find like it's actually sewn shut. Like her book to like show off. If that makes sense. But no, I love Raven. Oh like, yeah. She has a. I think I was telling you about it. A six-part trade series. It's kind of yep. still ongoing. Whatnot. Talking about her backstory and like she's. I love Raven. Yeah. I mean, yeah. oh, I'm mean, just like gesture to myself real quick yes i love raven um i'll just lean into the like alternative stereotype of loving this my would dark even, queen this would work so much uh <laughs> even better if uh was it last summer that you had the purple hair uh it was two summers ago oh, yeah. Two, yeah so yeah, the purple, purple hair, hair and the like, goth yeah i think that yeah. would be, be even more uh, apparent yeah i like i like me some raven she does she's, she's my queen one of them little she's pretty cool wannabe goth. pretty cool angsty ass but, but yeah. no, yeah, there there are characters that like it still blows my mind that like as we start get started start getting more and more like live action superhero films that I'm like, how have they not done this yeah. character? Like yeah. not even in their own lead role, but just in the live action like sphere sense, in yeah. general. With how many times they've rebooted Batman, you're telling me Oh my gosh, that how many times they've been, they've included Robin in at least some iterations. Mm -hmm. Uh they, they've They've done so many different things. You're telling me that they couldn't find the time or the willpower to toss in Batgirl for at least one version of no, uh, a Batman movie. No Supergirl either. I for mean, all the, for all the iterations got, we've had Superman. Well, in fairness, there was a Supergirl movie and <laughs> Supergirl uh, got her own show before Superman's modern version did. So again, I say not even a Supergirl movie. <laughs> wow. I mean, no, nobody said that the Supergirl movie was good, but right, it does So again, exist. I say not even a Supergirl movie. <laughs> it was an attempt. Yeah. Or if not you a want, good attempt, but... I was saying, if you want more of Barbara Gordon um, yeah. as the Oracle, being oh, like yeah. a strong detective and stuff, yeah. I haven't Ooh. had a chance to read it yet, but I found out last year a book came out called The Oracle Code, and Ooh, it's a graphic yeah. novel yeah. that follow, follows Barbara Gordon when she's the Oracle. Yep. So, I mean, can't really uh, 100%. hate that too much. So. So. Yeah. What about you, Brad? Who would you use? <sighs> yeah, I don't care. <laughs> Honestly, my, my big thing is Squirrel Girl. See, uh, if, if I'm going to be getting, uh, if I want to see more of uh, a specific female superhero on screen, live action, animated, doesn't matter. I want to see freaking Squirrel Girl. Only because... She's very underrated. I think... Only if it's Anna Kendrick. The one... Please, oh my gosh. Because <laughs> I feel like she I'm would... Okay with that. Well, I feel like she would be the one that could do it as quirky and as serious as you would need it to be to actually so I, make I think it so, work. I think everybody has... I think ever since that fan uh, casting jumped up on the internet, I think a lot of people have kind of forgotten that there are a lot of other funny comedic actresses out there that could and probably do the job too. Yeah. But my thing is for su superhero movies that need to come out, in my opinion, we have so many of the super serious uh, movies uh, both the super serious grounded and the super serious uh, fantastic and whatever we do not have enough of the comedic and not wrong 
I mean, you're not wrong. The, the fact that Guardians of the Galaxy came out Wait, and it are. was so uh, <laughs> massive uh, of a hit, be- and people were so blown away because it was funny. Are you kidding me? Well, and it didn't take that itself was serious. The bar. Yeah. And because of that alone, we need Guardians more funny, yeah. like explicitly funny superhero movies. So I think the weirder you can go, the better. So Squirrel Girl, to me, absolutely needs to be a thing. <laughs> and I know there have been talks about an animated something for Squirrel Girl. Cool. Uh, but I, I think that a live action version if you had the right talent behind it, could be fantastic. And really the right amount of weird and quirky that we need added to the superhero sphere. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, And I will say, it it does look like that Marvel is actively moving forward doing... Like, they are making it a top priority to include more female superheroes. Yes. Oh, yeah. You just had WandaVision. We finally got Black Widow. Mm-hmm. Um, I want more Gamora. Sylvie, and... from what I understand, I think is her name, and Loki. Which I'm still incredibly disappointed that you haven't started that. I but know. Yes. Well, yeah. yes, it is um, Sylvie. We're also, like, look, in Phase 4, we're going to get uh, Yelena Belova return, possibly mm-hmm. as the Black Widow. Spoilers. Mm-hmm. I don't really care. Get over yourselves. Um, we're getting the Miss Marvel show. Um, Which I am Kamala so Khan. hyped about yeah. that one. Yep. Uh, we're getting Kate Bishop in the Hawkeye series. Then going further out, we're supposed to get She-Hulk. We're supposed to get... Uh, there's one that I'm missing that I can't... Think by the way, I, I just I I was such a massive Orphan Black fan. Tatiana Ma- uh, Mazzolani. Yeah, that's right. I think that's how you pronounce her last name. Uh, I... I am so, so okay with her being uh, She-Hulk. Yeah. She yeah. was... The fact that she could hold her own in Orphan Black, playing, I think the maximum in any single scene was either six or seven different characters in a scene, uh, and you never once thought that that was all one person. You genuinely had the impression that those are like six or seven different actresses. Jersey. I am so okay oh, with her being uh, She-Hulk. I, I, I think that was maybe one of the best casting the decisions they've made recently. It is showing. Yeah. No, oh, yeah. I, I never saw it Orphan Black, but everybody's been gushing about her. You so. need to. You would love it. Um, but, I mean, look, even like back in the kick-ass days, like you had like Chloe Moretz playing Hit Girl. Oh, speaking of. Which, oh, hey, look at that. <laughs> so I was actually going to talk about the fact that I absolutely loved her, and I was really sad that like, even though she was let's face it, like the, the the brute force in the entirety of Kick-Ass, that uh, she didn't get more love, and I absolutely adored her. Uh, Mindy McClurry. Yeah, I want more of her. Give me some pliers. I want to feed this guy his own dick. Yeah. Like... Wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> so, like, you were talking about how she, uh, is it, you said Casey... The name you just said. Cassandra Kane. Cassandra Kane. Cassandra Kane was literally like trained to be an assassin and like murder and stuff like that. So was Mindy after yeah. like her mother was killed and stuff like that. And her father basically trained her to literally only know how to and, kill and not feel and, think. And so, it was done by Nick Cage. It was done by Nick Cage. But Which I'm actually... It makes a lot of sense. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I was I was so happy with that uh, that casting choice. It was it was well done, but I, I really liked Mindy and I yep. wanna see more of her. Yep. Um she has her series kind of moving on right now. Um 
couple of them coming out with her being the main focus of yep. things, which I would love to see more of her because in both Kick-Ass 1 and then Kick-Ass 2, like she wasn't really, she was the brute force, but was cast aside as the secondary character, which okay. sucked, which is what also happened in the comic books, but. Uh, I think she was just as important. While she was just as important, I would disagree that she was given the respect that she deserved. Maybe, maybe not. So. But yeah, no, I I want to see more of her. I would recommend. I've been reading bits and pieces of it when I can catch it, but yep. my ADHD brain is hyper fixated on other things. So ain't that the truth? Yeah, <laughs> uh, it's either all over the place or super focused on one thing. And then so. we got one more character that we need also, to bring up before we move on to the next topic. Also from Kick Ass, um, instead of it just being Kick Ass. Uh, a girl named Patience Lee comes back from the war. She's a sergeant in the mm. army, and she takes up the mantle of Kick-Ass, and she doesn't have any patience despite her name. So, <laughs> I would. I like it. Yeah, she's uh, she's pretty, she's pretty brutal. And then who, who's the last one we have? Uh, See, on the all, list? all of mine were like the Goofy Universe ones that I were picking up <laughs> on. Um, I'm a really big fan of Deadpool. Like, mm. I won't talk about the fact what I have. Like, here comes the poser. I have like what twenty eight or thirty wow. something yep. Deadpool pops. Yep, yep, yep. It's bad. Go ahead. Yeah. Why don't you go ahead? Go ahead, show him. What's wrong with Gwenpool? Show him, poser. I love Gwenpool. Uh -huh. Also, it's funny that you call her a poser because that's what, exactly what her backstory is, kind of. So, I, I but you know, her name is Gwendolyn Pool, and uh, her whole thing was that she was reading comics, and then she ends up being sucked into a comic and uses her knowledge of all the superhero comic book characters and stuff like that to kick ass. Um, I would love to see her on screen because we've already seen that Deadpool has done really well. Yep. And uh, I would not hate this iteration of her after she was inspired by Spider-Gwen. Mm -hmm. And they did a variation. And the whole thing was that like it was the Gwen variants of all the different heroes and stuff yeah. like or mm, yeah, anti-heroes yeah. in this case. Yeah. But Gwenpool literally her whole thing is breaking the fourth wall because she's from the fourth wall, if you will. So beyond the fourth wall. Beyond the fourth wall. And this one she's breaking beyond she's the, the watcher? fourth wall. Huh? She's the watcher. Something like that. <laughs> no, she gets involved way less than the watcher. <laughs> less involved way less. But like she since she knows so much about like the different heroes and villains and stuff like that, she used that to her advantage too. I am a Watsu the Watcher. <laughs> I only watch. Hey, I watch you. I lost my keys. I must once again break my sacred oath. But yeah, no, I would. I, I would like love to, to watch. <laughs> I'd love to see Gwenpool on screen just because yeah. I really like the Deadpool feel and things like that. Oh, yeah. And I think bringing in Gwenpool could just be really fun when someone she's like, oh my gosh, you're my favorite superhero. I know everything about you. And like accidentally calls just as an example here, different universe in this case, but like, oh my gosh, you're Clark Kent. And Superman goes, Excuse me. Yes. <laughs> or something to that effect. Oh, I yeah. think would just be. I would love to see it on screen. So. I mean, I also wouldn't mind seeing just a live action Gwen Stacy. Also true. Spider Ghost mm -hmm. or Ghost Spider. Yeah. Maybe this December. I guess God, we'll find can, out. God, I can only just hope as so far as I guess we'll find out. Um, so many questions. But with that, before we jump into the next segment. Uh, just real quick, since uh, it's already been over an hour, uh, we're going to go ahead and uh, re-up the, uh, the the shameless plug and just oh, yeah. say, if you have not already, please do not forget to like the video over on uh, Facebook and follow us, like and subscribe over on YouTube it's a big because red it helps to keep the Google and uh, Facebook overlords happy. And of course, you can always check out the audio of our shows over at 
Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, and Stitcher. Uh, All the things. And of course, every Thursday at noon, we release a an audio exclusive, very much not safe for the kids uh, podcast. But it is totally is safe for work, so just go ahead and blast that uh, over your speakers. Uh, uh, wow. No. <laughs> What's next on the docket, Brad? <laughs> Well, since we're talking about different uh, characters we would like to see as movie adaptations, it felt kind of necessary to at least go in to uh, try to have a little bit of a, a debate, if you will, uh, about which... You know you can't say that word with Mike, right? Mm. I, I thought bait was fine so long as you didn't... Oh, oh. yeah. Never uh, mind. I, just, I, was, I wasn't trying to turn it into that thing. I was just saying that, like, debating is, is a yeah. dangerous game with you. See, that's the problem with you. You think it's a game. <laughs> but no, we, we figured it was a perfect time to be able to have a little uh, debate about... Um, which Ooh, superhero movie had the best big screen adaptation of a specific character? Now, the rules here is that if the character spans multiple uh, multiple movies, like say in the MCU, uh, you cannot just say that character from the MCU. You have to pick the specific movie uh, and give your uh, evidence. And of course... Um, there will be a, a final winner at the end of all this. See that 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 makes it real dangerous with this one playing. <laughs> like, and, and the winner will not be Mike's choice. But uh, <laughs> actually, I don't know. With, yeah. with who no, well, no, we're basically going to rename this uh, segment "F You, You're Wrong," led by <laughs> Mike Rookwood. You can't say the F word. I can say the word F. No, but I said you can't say the F word. The F word. I can say the F word. <laughs> Not saying the F word. I'm saying the actual F word. But I mean, at some Fudge? point, yeah, yeah, it, it feels like you know, people will figure it out. Uh, the part thing. Can't say the rest of it because. Can, <laughs> can I say fire truck? Can I, can I replace it with fornicate? Uh, I think that might be a little on the line for Google. Fornicate Google. Yeah, I think that's definitely going to be on the line for Google. You could say um, a fork like they do with the bad place. There you go. Get real close to it. Or you could say frack. Frack. There you go. There you go. Um, <laughs> frack and Google. But yeah, so uh, we've each picked our own character. Uh, and we will see who wins. Hmm. Uh, Kyla, you may go first. Ladies I'm first. first. I'm, I am no lady. Women first. <laughs> Broads first. I am no lady. Hussies first. Tramps first. I can keep going. Wow. Excuse you. I, but if you're not a lady. <laughs> woman. I said woman. Girl. I, s I didn't get to girl. <sighs> <laughs> yes, because you skipped over all the rest of it. Um, yeah. If it's if it's no surprise here at this point, since I literally just gushed about the idea of having a Gwenpool movie. Um, Poser. My pick's going to be with Deadpool. Um, I love me some Wade Wilson, and uh, also you can't really hate Ryan Reynolds either, so uh, yeah, my pick's gonna go to Deadpool on best character adaptation. Why? Why? Yes. Okay, so... She's like, oh shit, I forgot the why. <laughs> <laughs> no, excuse you. Supporting evidence. Supporting evidence. No, so... Deadpool himself is literally. Right. He's That's no, my evidence. He's 
he's known as the mark of the mouth, right? Mm -hmm. His whole thing is that he's supposed to be wacky. If you read the comics, he constantly breaks the fourth wall. I couldn't find a copy of it here, but where uh, Deadpool, Deadpool destroys the Marvel Universe, literally has him, uh, kills Marvel Universe, literally has him coming out at the end to then like kill all the comic book writers in the process since they're technically part of the Marvel Universe. So like that's kind of gives you an idea of like epitome of who he is. And then goes after classic literature yep. and oh yeah. And like literally like as the end is going like you see him jump out and it goes from like being in color and it like goes to like black and white outlines and then goes to sketch and then eventually fades to white because he's killing the Marvel Universe and he's taking care of everybody with it. It's absolutely um, ridiculous. It's so good. It's so good though. So like he's a very over the top character. Um, even like the two that I grabbed here is just like an example is when Deadpool was hired by Lord Dracula to kidnap Sheikla so he could marry her and they could have like this whole uh, power over the underworld because she is the queen of the monstrous underworld under Manhattan. And then the fact that they break up and then she wreaks havoc on Manhattan in the process. Or they're in the process of getting broken up. And like, it is just, it's so over the top with it. But when it comes to the Deadpool movie, um, it's so ridiculous. Like at one point, like he's going back for surgery uh, to be in, um, for the treatment to cure his cancer and whatnot, which gives him those regenerative abilities in the movie. He's being wheeled off and he's like, don't make the super suit green. Or animated, literally a fourth wall callback to the fact that Ryan Reynolds played the bastardized version of the Green Lantern where it was an animated green super suit, which looked ridiculous on whatever camera you put it on. Now, I will say the suit didn't look bad. It was the mask. The mask is what looked bad. Poor but, Kano Lostos. No, the suit looked fine. <laughs> but I mean, if he's the Merc with the mouth, how can you be the Merc with the mouth? You never see his mouth. Like, you know, you see his mouth. Wait, is that you? <laughs> I got Striker finally figured out a way to shut you up, huh? Well, see, and that's the other thing, too. So is wouldn't that, his like, healing factor just basically spit the stitches out and he can just talk again? See, and that's the other thing, too, is that, like, in the Wolverine origin movie, he, there's another bastardized version of freaking Wade Wilson, well. what call it, Deadpool, to where it's just... No, 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 it's <laughs> the pool. Oh, yeah, it's, it's the pool. Where, like, literally in the Deadpool movie, you see him fidgeting with a couple of his toys to like that, and he holds up a, like, the miniature version of himself from that movie. Because it's also played by Ryan Reynolds. So it's the constant, like, fourth wall breaking, the reference to, I'm terrible with names, of, like, which timeline are we in right now when he goes up to the... Yeah, we're taking you up to see Professor. Uh, McAvoy or Stewart. You guys are so confusing <laughs> with these timelines. So, like, you can't tell me the fact that, like, so much time and effort was taken care of to stay true to his character and, like, what it was for him that he was not, like, a great comic book two-character adaptation for film. Dude, the best part of that first movie is the outtakes. Like, when they're... <laughs> Like when he's when he's trash talking Gina Carano, dude. Yeah, you're making her argument for her. No, my gosh. No, but like, what like, kind of debater so are good. you? No, if anybody like, if anybody just wants a good laugh, that scene where he's like, "You're gonna leave me here with like less aggressive Rosie O'Donnell or whatever," uh -huh. talking about Gina Carano, like the twenty or thirty lines that they use for it's it. So good. Like, there's one where like she actually pops him and he's like, "Yeah, sorry, Gina." She's like, "You asshole." Or the it's the or the Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Uh, end credit scene where he comes out and he's in the room doing? and stuff like that. What are you doing? The movie's over. Go on, get Go out of here. Go on, get out of here. Shoot. Uh, that as well as like when he makes the comment about like, I want to make myself look pretty and he turns around and it has a picture of Hugh Jackman stapled to his face. Like, <laughs> you can't tell me that like that's not a great version of Deadpool and well done version of Deadpool. I say Deadpool's a gimme. I mean, you, you, you had a guy that, uh, 
Is it a gimme so much the fact that in the Wolverine origin movie they still... I almost said the word. Messed it up. <laughs> I'd say he's a gimme only because uh, Deadpool and Ryan Reynolds are already kind of the same person. It, that wasn't the case until the movie came out. No, it absolutely was the case. No, I would disagree. Yeah, because he's basically being wilder. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Maybe, but... <laughs> I mean, not what not they, when he had they the. Weren't, they weren't synonymous ask, until the movie came out. Don't ask. Not, not when he had the, uh, the. Oh, does he not like Ryan Reynolds? He just he thinks he plays the same character in every movie <laughs> himself. Yeah, I mean, great. I would disagree in the proposal. Not every he's a version of Deadpool is Van Wilder, but a lot of them are. Uh, a lot of them are. So yeah, and I, I'd say he's a gimme at that uh, at that point. I mean, Fair. definitely a solid choice. But I mean, a gimme. It's uh, also a gimme choice just for who I am as a person because he makes me really happy. So <laughs> that's fair. <laughs> and there is one thing that all men everywhere love. It's Ryan Reynolds. Ryan Reynolds. <laughs> that's a TikTok meme, by the way. In case you uh... sure. <laughs> What's your choice, Brad? <laughs> um. I'm gonna have to go. I I had uh, a little bit of difficulty uh, narrowing down on this one, and I almost, almost went with Michael Keaton's Batman just to mess with you. Um, that was also a top contender for me, but like, I, I I decided. But even in your heart of hearts, you know that it's not true. Actually, no. I would say that if you are being really honest with yourself, Michael Keaton was actually a fantastic Batman because he actually, uh, his in the first movie, his performance encapsulated the depression and solitude that is Batman for a lot of the Silver Age. That's fair. So I would say in that sense, he was actually a fantastic version of Batman. The story overall, not necessarily a, a comic accurate representation of a Batman story, but him as Batman, I think was an absolutely was perfect was, was encapsulation. Story. Really? Because when I think of Batman, I think, you want to get nuts? Let's get nuts. <laughs> Do you? No. I mean, Batman has had so many different... Uh, Again, you know, the whole thing with the sarcasm. <laughs> ah, fair. <Yes>. Batman, <laughs> Batman has had so many different uh, versions of Bruce Wayne uh, to try to throw people off the scene. I would say that actually feels very in character. But, Brad, but no, that that's let me ask actually you, not the choice I went with. Have you ever danced with the devil in the pale moonlight? Only on my birthday. <laughs> uh, but no, I would actually say my uh, choice for best screen adaptation of a character was Chris Evans, Captain America in Captain America and the Winter Soldier because because <laughs> Captain America has two aspects to his character that makes him a quintessential Captain America. Are you him say his piece and then going to make a comment? He basically took mine. <laughs> I you were gonna, aw. No, I, I have. Yes. Go ahead. Go, yeah. Do your thing. Do your thing. Do your thing. <laughs> there are two. And I will explain mine. <laughs> Actually, I, I partially chose just this just to mess with you. You did. Uh, I know. <laughs> yeah, I know. I was like, I was like, he's literally trying to get like two votes just from a. Uh -huh. Yeah. But see, I played for myself, Brad, as opposed to like <clears throat> for, for cheats, you know, just putting that out there. So there, there are two aspects that Pandering. make Captain America, Captain Pandering. America the in the I'm comics. The first aspect is Captain America is constantly hopeful for the best aspects of humanity. That's fair. 
every version of him has that. <laughs> it, Unless he's not written by Tanasi Coates. Well, <sighs> Sorry, Movie was that one. out loud? Uh, it's not necessarily prominent in every one of his stories, but it is there in almost every version of his character. But that's where the second aspect of the the Captain uh, America character comes into play. The other main reason why Captain America exists in the first place is he was created to be a patriotic critique on America itself. I mean... I feel like he took this from the conversation we had the other day. He did. He didn't do his actual own research. He did. I mean, you gotta... He basically <laughs> plagiarized <laughs> my, my argument. In my conversation that we had. <laughs> I mean, you gotta remember that when he was first created, uh, his comic book was released in the 30s during the American uh, period of isolationism. Uh, and... <clears throat> His entire first comic book was a an argument for why America needed to get into World War II. When you uh, fast forward sounds, to Vietnam, really like a conversation we had the other day. <laughs> when you fast forward to Vietnam, uh, <laughs> a very large portion of his story during Vietnam was uh, speaking out and fighting against the war effort in Vietnam. It's not very point, American, but continue to the point where the the storyline that. Uh, most Tosico's fans writing him in the '60s too. Most fans choose to forget about uh, is uh, there was a point during the war where he was no longer Captain America. He no, was, it was it was after the war. Oh, it was after. Well, it was, yeah. it was the Watergate. Uh, okay. Yeah. yeah. He he was nomad, the the man without a country, uh, because as a, a critique on uh, current events. Because he lost such faith in the office of the president and what everything stood for. Now I will say. And that, God, that costume was awful. That was not a great way to give that particular commentary, but it was an effort to give commentary. So ev uh, God, even, costume even was awful. A, uh, aspects of modern Captain America stories. It was green. <laughs> animated? Uh, yes, because it was actually technically drawn. <laughs> uh, even aspects of uh, modern Captain America stories have been critiqued on uh, the war on drugs, the war on terror. And uh, the moment you get away from Steve Rogers' Captain America and go to other versions of Captain America, Sam Wilson, every Bobby one Bones, of them have been John a critique Walker. on some aspect of it. Uh, Sam, Walk, uh, Sam Wilson especially. Uh, but then, of course, um, uh, um, Bucky Barnes? No, why, why am I blanking? Uh, John Walker? Red, White, and Black. Oh, uh, Isaiah Bradley. Uh, Isaiah Bradley, 100% massive commentary. So it, it's not even just Steve uh, Rogers that is. The Tuskegee experiments. Yeah, it, it, mm -hmm. it's not just Steve Rogers that is the commentary. It is the mantle of Captain America, but Steve Rogers' version of Captain America has had the most amount of commentary. And I would say in The Winter Soldier, uh, he played equal parts hope for humanity and criticism of the American war machine that it played a proper balance of the character because it's very easy that any other actor in that role could have gone too far on the critique side and uh, forgotten the hopefulness that the character has to have. Well, so the other thing too that people just to kind of add on to that is everybody like I remember walking out of the theater and like I went and saw it with Zim and his brother and they were like man Evans just didn't like he didn't have anything I'm like that was the point yeah like he was supposed to be a subdued straight line like he was the he well he was the no he was the um Bale's Batman to Ledger's Joker like yeah. he was supposed to straight play it straight down the line very mm -hmm. subdued very 
this is how we're playing it, this is how it should be, to all of the anarchy that was going around him. Yeah. Going on around him, I should say. Yeah. Absolutely. So, any arguments uh, to the contrary? It's a fantastic story. That's a fantastic choice. So you're saying I win? No. No. <laughs> okay, so then Mike, who was yours? Well, so I took your little <laughs> rules and threw them out the window. Because of course you did. So I chose Captain America as well. I chose Captain America from the first Avenger all the way through the final credits in a fun game. We can't spin I, I, it, though. I absolutely can because nope. it, is, it is one singular story arc. But it's, uh, we said one movie. It's a movie. I don't care. A single movie. Movie. Because his arc isn't even complete in The Winter Soldier. Even at the end of that movie, his arc uh, is complete. What, uh, what uh, comic story arc from Captain America's uh, massive history was his character development considered done by the end of the story arc? It always builds. That's the whole point. Well, of course it always builds, but if you are doing a straight adaptation to film, shouldn't it be the story that is told from the beginning to the end? Once again, this is not the story. This is the character. It's specifically well, his character. for the characters. Yes, right. His character... Which means you have, to be, uh, you have to be restrained by the confines of the movie and whether or not it did a good job at uh, encapsulating that. Fine. Cop out. Uh huh. Uh huh. Still going with Captain America then? No. So I had a couple of different choices that I could make. Um, well, there was one that you had already uh, given earlier. There was one that I alluded to. Yes, I know. Which, which I, is actually which a very is good. What one. I was expecting you to say because that, I thought that was so too. Because I also could I guess it was a fantastic earlier. answer. So Kyla thought I was going to go with Blunt Man and Chronic from Jane <laughs> yeah. and Silent Bob, which is a fantastic choice. I mean, <laughs> that would have been one that would have been an absolute curveball and broken both of your knees. Um. I alluded to <laughs> when Brad and I were talking Alfred Pennyworth. There you go. From any of the Batmans. Uh, because there has in my estimation even the Snyder Batman. I actually there was there was things that Jeremy Irons did that I actually really liked. But but my choice is from Say the it. best superhero movie ever made. It is Nolan's adaptation of Batman and the Dark Knight. In what sense? So in the sense of, like, I just actually made the argument on your side, I'm making the argument on mine. For all the chaos that was going on in that movie, for everything that was going on around him, Christian Bale, who is an Academy Award-nominated and winning actor, played the character so straight and so subdued as to anchor everything in reality and to also be the morality of that entire film of that entire universe. He put so much effort into trying to make Harvey Dent the symbol of justice that everybody thought that there could be because he was an actual face. And Batman himself actually knew that he shouldn't be a symbol for justice because he was somebody that was actually breaking the law. But he was doing it for the right reasons. So much so that by the end of the movie, you actually have the standoff where... I'm, I'm not even going to say spoiler alert at this point. The movie's almost 15 years old. The movie's 15 don't, years old next year. Don't gut me. <laughs> 2008. Three, no, two years. Anyway. We don't like to talk about that aspect. It's an amazing film. Saw that movie eight times in theaters. He did. The actually. movie was amazing. He did. I will still argue that's not even just... I, I wouldn't even sit here and say that that's the best superhero. Like, that is one of the ten best films that I've ever seen. 
for the story that it told, for how grounded in reality it is, for all of the practical effects that they did, for the fact that they flipped an 18-wheeler. Yeah. Not CGI, they actually flipped an 18-wheeler in the middle of downtown Chicago doing that scene. But there's two things. The scene where... Hey, hey, Chris Evans held back a helicopter. He did. But that, that wasn't even, bicep. but that wasn't even in the Winter Soldier. That was in Civil War dipshit. No, I'm just saying more impressive. Not fair. Um, and it was being piloted by a cybernetic assassin. Uh, um, there's two scenes that absolutely seal it for me. There's the scene in the interrogation room yep. where we finally get them together for the first time in the same room. And it's about halfway through the movie. Mm -hmm. And it's... He's playing it so just, well, here I am. He's like, you wanted to kill yourself. Why would I kill you? It's, it's, life would be so boring without you. And you hear all of the insane psychotic shit that's coming out of the Joker's mouth. And Bruce Wayne is sitting there knowing that he can't cross that line. He can't go into that scene because as much as he doesn't want to be, he is still the symbol and he is still the anchor and he is still the example that everybody should follow and then when we get to the final scene of the movie mm. um, after the standoff with Harvey Dent when Harvey Dent says you know I'm the one that lost everything you look back at everything that Bruce Wayne has lost up to that point yeah. and Bruce Wayne didn't complain a single time you know Rachel Dawes unbeknownst to him basically chose Harvey Dent over him yeah. and he went specifically to go and save her and he wasn't there for her. She died, but he's... And what's the first thing that Bruce Wayne says? It's not. Yeah. He's like, but the Joker chose me. He's like, because you were supposed to be the best example. You were supposed to be the one that could be the beacon of hope that everybody needed. He's like, it wasn't supposed to be me. It was supposed to be you. But when you finally get to the end of that movie and Gordon gives that monologue of like, he's like not the hero we... He's the, he's the hero we deserve, but it's just not the one that we need right now. Like he is everything that that universe and that city is supposed to emulate and admire. Yeah. Like that man sacrificed everything for his city and never asked for anything in return. Cause remember at the end of Batman begins, Gordon says, I never said thank you. And he's like, well, you'll never have to. I like, I can't do the entire trilogy because of your stupid rules. But if you ever had a My rules beginning, are perfect. Bitch, what are you talking please. about? Anytime, you can't like, put us in a box, Brad. It's true. What do you think we are, women? Um, women don't go in boxes; they go in kitchens. That's uh, that's fair. <laughs> Which have four walls, so it could. You know what? Never mind. Always. Um, the ones that I will have in my home will. What? Moving have along. you never heard of open concept, man? No. Get God, the no. times. <laughs> what is this? The sixties. <laughs> No, but like I, I said, I was gonna say he's want wood paneling everywhere. <laughs> and the well. best, and the best part of that film is, and is that shag permit. <laughs> the best part of that film is, is that when he is in the public light as Bruce Wayne, he is the arrogant, rich asshole that everybody expects him to be. Oh, playboy philanthropist. Mm. <laughs> like, oh, let's push some tables together. Well, I don't think that they'll let us. Well, I own the place, so yeah, we can do it. Yeah. Like, uh, mm. wait, what? So, of course, Aaron uh, points out, don't forget that uh, this movie was responsible for bringing one of the four IMAX uh, cameras in existence at the time. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I, I will. Oh, sorry, would you say for what? One of the uh, this movie was responsible for breaking one of the four mm -hmm. IMAX cameras at mm -hmm. the time that existed in the world. Yeah. 
Yeah. Like, as far as I'm concerned, I don't know. And as much as I love Captain America, look, and people, you, everybody that knows me knows how much I love that character. Let me just, like, even just do a quick even gesture to, like... Yes. <laughs> like, I, I walked out of the Dark Knight, and I was just, like... If you weren't Ford, are you human? So, I will never forget, there was, like, eight or ten of us that went and saw that film, and the end credits hit. And people are applauding, and we're all just looking at each other like, what in the hell did we just watch? Mm -hmm. Like, oh my god. Like, that was, like, that was a crime thriller, superhero movie, morale. <coughs> like, that was, like, it was everything that we thought it was going to be. Mm. And it still exceeded all of our expectations. I think Brad has something against your point with that little scrunchy look on his face. I do, actually. Turn my water. Thank you. You're not going to hit Brad with it, are you? No. I am not going. I, I'm thirsty. Wow. Um, What's up? So I would say. I would say that the counterpoint to this is. All of this felt like a good Batman story. Okay. But as for actually encapsulating the essence of Batman himself. Mm hmm. I feel like it still missed the mark. How so? Uh, as far as being a perfect representation of the character. How so? Because of the way that... <clears throat> How do I put this? Um, he's grasping. No, I think he's trying to English like I do. Yeah. No, I... <laughs> See, he can actually English, though. Can yes. He's a dad with two small children. I'm gonna like just throw that out. Because there of the right. way that Batman approached the essence of how he tried to go after the Joker at the end of the movie, which was the the big, uh, you know, massively invasive sonar mm -hmm. uh, system. Mm -hmm. I would say that for the era of Batman that mm -hmm. was being represented by the character at, in the movie. I feel like that was too tech-reliant and not enough wits investigative-reliant compared to what the traditional Batman approach uh, was for the pre-Robin era of Batman. He's tech. Uh, he relies on tech, yes, but there's a lot more um, private investigator uh, hit the uh, hit the streets, uh, go out and really track down the guy, rather than I'm going to set up a, a massive citywide surveillance system to try to find the Joker. Sure, that feels like it is a step too far in the uh, the realm of tech as far as what the traditional Batman investigative strategy would have gone to, because that feels more like the post-Tim um, Drake Robin uh, ideas of how far he should lean into tech. It, it, does, it does not feel like the pre-Robin Batman. That feels like a post-Tim Drake Robin Batman. So, I understand your argument. I do. However, I would argue that using the tools at your disposal 
is a form of detective work. And if you remember, mm. Lucius Fox is the one that actually developed it, and he actually perfected it. So much so that Lucius Fox was even like, as long as this machine is here, you won't have me working for you. And what does Batman say? When you're finished, type in your name. And what does it do? It destroys the machine. Oh. Well, I can see the timeline being a thing. I don't think it's outside the reach of Batman using technology like that. I just want to check something. In fact, if uh, you look at some of the the more recent stories from um, Red Hood and the Outlaws, that exact scenario is something that Tim Drake does come up with uh, when he created his own version of Brother Eye. Ooh. So, Brad, you said that this was a pre-Tim Drake Batman. I hate to be that guy, but The Dark Knight is largely based on The Long Halloween, which ran in 1996 and 1997. Tim Drake's first appearance was in 1988. getting real technical with your argument here, aren't you? Wow. I mean, it is kind of our job uh, for this type of thing to be insanely pedantic. Hey, you see that Um, thing down there? Suck it. You didn't have to say, you could have just done the... Everyone knows what this motion means. What else you got, Ben? Wow, okay. I told you, using the D word and saying that there's a winner at the end would make him incredibly competitive. (laughs) You invited this upon yourself, Brad. Mm. He even played by your rules. I mean, in fairness, he did. Uh, he, He really did. Reluctantly, but he played by your rules. You brought this on yourself. (laughs) The DX motion. (laughs) But, hmm. Okay, I rescind my point. You ready for that sensor button? No, I don't. I I didn't test it to see if I, I, I saw it working or not. So, not this time. Next time. Remember, we have you got words anything? like frack and frick that you can put in place. You got anything? Yeah, I got anything. But an argument against. An argument, a retort. Not particularly off the top of my head, no. And I knew that the long Halloween ran after the introduction of Tim Drake. I just needed to be sure on Tim Drake's first appearance. Hmm. <laughs> Fine. <laughs> Freaking hey, fine. You know what? I, I know not to play this game with him. You know that, right? Hey, like, I know you don't know sports, but you know what a poster is? Happens in basketball when somebody gets dunked on. I can go ahead and sign it for you after. <laughs> Moving on. So, Brad, who was the winner of this, uh, this little game? I don't want to talk about it. Uh, Frack you, I win. I mean, did you also notice they just attacked each other and just kind of let me have my thing and my piece and I just got to sit in my chair and Mm -hmm. enjoy myself? Yep. And you did enjoy it, didn't you? Enjoy what? The ass beating. No. I didn't take an ass beating. His ass beating. That's that's a yes. Guys, guys, save it for later. (laughs) Save it for later. The ass beatings. So you can say that, but I can't. You know what? Just go. We're coming up on time. Anyway, uh, so 
<laughs> one last thing that we will have to um, yes. uh, try to get through decently quick because yeah. uh, we are way over. Yeah, we're pressed um, for time. I got to be but, somewhere at seven. But um, so uh, speaking of movie, uh, movie adaptations mm-hmm. of a character, uh, there's one last aspect that we do need to discuss this week. And, and it I, is a little less fun. Yeah, but not, we're, we're gonna not try something to, I want to talk about. We're, we're going to try to have a, a little bit of a, a more lighthearted uh, approach to it, yeah. and that is. Um, There's nothing lighthearted about it, though. I know. Yeah. More celebratory. There. Oh, there, there we go. go. There we go. There we go. Uh, so, last Monday we uh, did lose a film legend, uh, especially is, here in the comic book realm. That word is used uh, but, way too liberally and way too often, but yeah. in this point, it is. In, more than appropriate in the realm of cinema this man was a legend uh and yes. that is richard donner uh he is the man responsible for uh the original big screen adaptation of superman he would three right no uh, yeah we'll get to technically that in a uh, one and a half but uh, yeah, um he was responsible for the like, weapon uh for the omen for mm-hmm. the Goonies, even though Steven Spielberg usually gets credit for it. Hey, you guys! Richard Donner um, shaped Hollywood in many, many ways. But the the biggest thing here is for a man that is as as impressive of a um, filmography as he did to hear him talk about any aspect of his career you would not realize that he was as massive as he was because he was m- one of the most humble directors i think i've ever heard uh talk oh yeah he, he was amazing uh incredibly creative and talented and yeah wonderful so mike this one hurt a lot um goonies is one of my favorite movies that's an understatement superman is i <laughs> Like, the tagline for the Superman movie is, you will believe a man can fly. Like, Richard Donner gave us that. Like, Richard Donner gave us arguably one of the best coming-of-age movies, even though it came out 35 years ago now. Like, a movie that still stands the test of time. Like, there it is. Like... It was so good. So far ahead of its time. Mm -hmm. And that was... (laughs) Gene Hackman. (laughs) So I would actually say that Gene Hackman's version of Lex Luthor from the first Superman was actually more representative of Lex Luthor from the comic books mm-hmm. of the Silver Age yeah. than any other version that we've gotten. In fact, Gene Hackman's version in the first Superman is the reason why we got the animated version so of Lex Luthor that we did from the show in the 90s. Don't forget Kevin Spacey is... Lex Luthor. I mean, knowing no. what we know about Kevin Spacey, it makes a lot of sense. Uh, hey, focus. It was on a joke. It was a joke. But I mean, if you if you, you look at pot shots later. if you look at that uh, version of Superman, to be able to see that you had a greedy businessman uh, whose whole deal uh, was to try to pursue profit at the expense of human life and Superman from beginning to end of the film continued to push the uh, message of hope and never wavered in that. 
even when the worst came to it, spoilers if you haven't seen the first Superman from 78, for whatever reason, yeah. but, um, and Lois Lane dies before he does his, you know, fly around the world in reverse uh, time. Not magic. exactly how that works, but, you um, know. Yeah. Well, but science you know, aside he, he from never, comics. Yes. Yeah, but he never <laughs> loses that spark of hope within him, even when he was so broken he down family. as a person. I thought it said for family. It's family. It's family. <laughs> no, look, I think that was something that Donner did a really great job of. Um, I think it's something that is very underrated yeah. is his constant optimism in film. Yep. Like all of his characters. Oh my gosh, yeah. Like, except for the Omen, but that's that's the one that really stands out. Like, if that's its own box. <laughs> if, if we're being 100% honest, Omen is the one that you're like, one of these things is not like the others. Which one of these things doesn't know him? But I mean, <laughs> and yet it was, is considered one of the best horror films yep. of all time. Yep, mm -hmm. Absolutely. But like you follow his, you follow his cinematography after that. Like even a movie like Lethal Weapon with somebody as absolutely as cynical as Riggs and Murtaugh. <laughs> like it's still like, you know, now granted he did do all of them, which means unfortunately he did four. Um, but we'll look Probably past that. Three of them. No, there's four, unfortunately. <laughs> but, Are you sure? Yeah, because that had in it, which was actually pretty dope. <laughs> but just remember that this is a man that took the script mm -hmm. that was supposed to have been yep. a what was it? Mike? Mike? What? Mike? What? What was this movie supposed to have been originally? Oh, God, I'm drawing a blank. Sorry. Just, Die Hard. Thank you. Uh, and made this into a fantastic standalone film mm -hmm. that had absolutely every bit of character development that it deserved mm -hmm. um, with the star power it had. Mm -hmm. it, it epitomizes... Riggs! <laughs> it epitomizes action films uh, from the 80s in a way that yep. so many movies tried but did What's not quite get. Let's be honest, it also really helped develop some of those tropes. Oh, without question. Yeah. But mm. did it in a way that felt natural uh, for the movie itself. It did not feel no. overly cheesy or forced. Even though, without question, the tropes are incredibly, incredibly cheesy. Yeah. But like, dude, like That's even... That's what tropes are, though. Yeah, right? yeah. But like, even like when you go back to the Goonies, too, it's like this constant of like, these kids really can't do this, can they? Like, wait, what? They're they're searching for Very? treasure in yeah. Oregon? Uh -huh. What? You're like, this should not work as a film in any way, shape, or form. But it's so good, though. It, yeah. Like, it takes, still... like, takes kid-like wonder. It does. runs with it. But like, even his last movie that everybody, like, so many people forget, his last movie was 16 Blocks. Oh, yeah. Was, which was absolutely fantastic. And when was that? when did that come out? Came out in 2003. He hasn't made yeah. a movie since 2003. But even then, that movie was so good about just the overall optimism and yeah. the actual good in people. Yeah. Most Def was amazing in that movie. David Morris was such an evil bastard. I was going to take a pot shot at you, but it seems like the wrong time to. Mm. So, but this was, no, this was a man that could. But let's not forget maybe his most impressive achievement of all time. And that was the fact that even though he got replaced 
halfway into Superman 2. Yep. And oh. when the Donner cut came out, uh, studio it, meddling in a Superman movie, I never would have guessed. Yeah, go bigger. <laughs> uh, and when the Donner cut finally came out, it took so much effort to be able to try to restore mm-hmm. and find and piece together as much of the original Donner material as possible. Yep. Um, put all that aside, Superman 2 was filmed simultaneously with Superman, not concurrently. Mm-hmm. Like, it was not a back-to-back, you know, like, kind of Lord of the Rings, Harry Potter thing. This was, they would uh, film one scene for Superman in the Daily Planet, and then immediately flip to uh, film another scene for Superman 2 in the Daily Planet. That means concurrent's the right word there. Yeah. Yeah. He was saying not, like, back-to-back, like, they'll do, No, I thought he said not concurrently. I was like, no, 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 that is concurrent. Like, (laughs) in in order to be able to... You're a math teacher. How would you know if that's right? In order to be able to try to get the the most out of the budgets that they had, because at the time, they did not have a lot of budgets, and he had a massive vision for what these two movies were supposed to be. And if you look at the scenes that were brought back for the Donner Cut, um, the scale of how epic he was trying to make the scope of going from story one to story two, compared to what the scope of the second story ended up becoming changed drastically not just in tone but even to something as simple as um yeah the uh the, the fight with uh what what's his name uh the the dude that was uh zod's uh no, right yeah, whatever yeah. Uh, his name was um that fight was indoors in the original uh in the theatrical cut yep. and donner had him fighting in front of the Statue of Liberty yep. to the point where uh, Superman got punched into the torch. Yep. Yeah. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Yep. It, the the concept of scale between uh, what the studio thought was safe yeah. and what Donner was trying to accomplish yep. was just so. It, you can't even compare the two. The 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 studio was thinking way too epically small mm-hmm. at the time and, and this th- this man had a vision that even as much credit as peter jackson gets for how he did lord of the rings you know back to back to back you know breaks even that doesn't really compare to expecting all of your actors to be able to have two scripts memorized and ready to go on any given day that could still be having rewrites between either script yep that that is an impressive amount of talent as a director to make that work, and the balls to even try it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, who like, else just very close candidly to something like that? I, that there's a reason they don't. Like, there's a it's reason they easy. don't. No, like, but I, yeah. I mean, the closest you get is the MCU right now, uh, with multiple movies filming uh, simultaneously, oh, yeah. and, and like. Uh, if and shows, anybody no. that's ever uh, talked uh, has seen uh, the Chef show on Netflix, mm-hmm. um, that first episode where they had Gwyneth Paltrow come on uh, as uh, the celebrity guest, uh, she was talking about her time uh, behind the scenes for uh, for Spider Man movie, and she genuinely did not remember that she was in Spider Man yep. because they were also filming scenes for. Uh, in game, yep. and so she, uh, in her mind, she was filming all scenes for 
the Avengers and did not remember that there were yeah. scenes for other movies happening during that time too yep. that she was part of. And that's happened for multiple other uh, Marvel movies. Yeah. That's the closest you've come, but that is a very different beast from the lower budget, much less massive coordination efforts that uh, you had with Richard Donner. Yeah. Yeah, no, it just it whole different thing. Yeah, it sucks, man. It really does. Like this one hurt. Yeah. Like I was at work and I was like, son of a bitch. No, were were you at work? I thought it was when you got home from work and we were. No, I, I no we like I saw it at work. Oh yeah. Yeah. I thought it was when we were about to go to bed. Like I was just like, like I was oh. I was at work like just kind of scrolling on Facebook and it was. Yep. Like that one. This one sucks, man. Like, yeah, a man that was so good at like making you feel the wonder of being a kid again. Yeah. Like, and just that hope and optimism that like children have. Like, it actually brought you out when you were watching his film, or brought it out of you. Yeah. While watching like Superman or The Goonies, Goonies or even some of his other stuff, like even Lethal Weapon. Sixteen Blocks. Maverick. Well. You know, but there there was one comment that Kevin Feige made in uh, his presentation uh, for I forget what it was, but it was some uh, big like kind of like a lifetime achievement war- award that uh, Richard Donner got, and, and uh, Feige. Um, you know, uh, had a chance to be able to work with Donner uh, early on. And he said that there was one thing that uh, Richard Donner did that he absolutely respected and tried to uh, copy with the MCU. Um, he said that in uh, his office, uh, Richard, or Dick as he preferred, no. um, had a sign above his door, uh, kind of, um, oh, uh, soccer show on apple tv um ted lasso yeah ted lasso kind of ted lasso style uh with just uh bears uh i think it was a verisimilitude uh on it which is the concept of being true to oneself and the source uh and that was his approach to how he uh, did movies and was he said that was one of the most important aspects uh, that uh, he said was as part of his approach to making Superman because he wanted to be true to the source material and so with every decision he made for the movies uh, with every uh, line every uh, camera angle every shot every piece of it he had to uh, ask himself is this true to the source material yeah and the fact that at a time where comic book movies were not considered respectable, he was that dedicated to trying to speak truth to the character mm-hmm. uh, and the material was amazing. Yeah. So, anyway. Uh, so, I, I think that's uh, about everything. Mike, do you have any other comments about Socks. any of it? Yeah. So, yeah. It does. Kyla? I've said my piece. Okay. Well, then, uh, guys, thank you so much. Um, 
Once again, if you did not catch us at the beginning, we have been here at Madness Games and Madness. Comics in Plano. Uh, such a wonderful place. Uh, and thank You're you guys haven. so much for letting us uh, record here. Please uh, keep live. letting us record here. We yeah. like it. Oh, yeah. I think they like it. I hope they do. <laughs> and, you know, uh, if you want to be able to come check us out the next time we come here, hopefully there'll be the next time, um, you can come and be part of our live audience uh, then. So just be looking out for the next big announcement that we have. Um, but in general, though, if you've not been to Madness, you really should. Amazing store. Uh, massive selection of games. Obviously, it's in the name. Mm -hmm. uh, very solid selection of comics. And about a third of their store is collectibles. And like we said earlier, proper collectibles, not just pops being called collectibles, but I mean, there are still a lot of pops. Like if you're into model uh, building and stuff like that, statues, yep. yeah. if you're a plushy person, like yeah. action Amazing. figures, Funko Pops. Amazing. Star Wars, anime. All of it. Yeah. Like we're here in the back of the store uh, and we're just staring straight at a massive section of uh, Star Wars action figures. Yeah. Which is fantastic uh but yeah so thank you guys uh again for letting us do this here and of course if you did not catch it the first two times that we did this uh and you have not already please do not forget to uh like and follow us uh -huh. over on facebook Looks like a thumbs up like and subscribe over on youtube it's a big and button. you can always check out the audio of all of our shows interviews uh and now audio exclusive podcast every thursday at noon again uh, after hours. totally yeah. safe for work but not no. not not kid friendly so uh don't no. no um over at apple podcast google podcast spotify iHeartRadio, and stitcher because reasons all of them so um all the things thank you guys <laughs> so much and until next time i've been brad that's mike it's kyla we are dallas geek and <laughs> hey who won the debate I don't want to talk about it. Yeah. Bye. See you.